welcome to the Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast series. I'm your host, Kenna Barima. You just heard a little taste of Justin Rutledge and his new album, The Early Widows, with a track called Jack of Diamonds. The Calgary Folk Music Festival is proud to be presenting Justin with Jen Grant on October 21st at the Gateway in Calgary, Alberta, Canada. For tickets and more information, check out our website at calgaryfolkfest.com. I got a chance to chat with Justin on the first day of his tour in support of this album. But before we get to that conversation, I am very happy to welcome back our resident at Calgary Folk Fest Twitterer, Johanna Schwartz, with our regular segment, What Have I Learned on Twitter? Johanna joins me now. Hi, Akena. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so, good. What do you have for us this week? All right. I mined the depths of Twitter again and came up with a bunch of new gems. You know, I like to use Twitter just to see what people are doing uh, I think it's a great way to figure out what's on the pulse of, uh, you know, on top of everyone's mind. So let's just say that this week it was really hard to dig through the YYC vote tags oh and my all God. the political stuff. We'll talk to that a bit, but, you mm-hmm. know, it started to get a little bit repetitious. So here's me trying to find some things, maybe non-politically motivated, oh. other things to talk about. And it took a little while to find <laughs> <laughs> to find them to, to wade through to wade the through. number sign YYC <laughs> vote. Okay, hit so, me. So, uh, local uh, comic Corey Mack at Corey Mack is uh, she had a little story about her folks. They just had their fiftieth wedding anniversary, Aww. and she was mentioning that uh, the night of her folks' fiftieth wedding anniversary, their wedding fifty years ago, was also the first night that women could drink in the bar in Carabert, Saskatchewan, where they got married. Wow! And I love the idea. That they, I like to think that they chose that date so that Corey's mom <laughs> could tie a few on on her wedding day. I think that that is very cool. Very, very cool. And a little bit of Canadian history. Totally. Um, Andrew Mosker, uh, who has his own personal Twitter now, mm-hmm. AJ Ming. AJ Ming. AJ M I N G. He had a great week. That's good. The Chileans were rescued. There's a mayoral race. <laughs> and he got $50 million from Alberta and the Canadian governments for the National Music Centre. Yeah, that's not so bad. Andrew Mosker, for those of you who don't know, is the now CEO and current executive director of the Countess Music Foundation, soon to be the National Music Centre, a multi-multi-million dollar uh, project happening in Calgary. Shovels going in the ground, what, 12, 2012? I think that's right. How exciting. Yeah, that's going to be a great addition to the, the musical fabric of Calgary. Absolutely. Lisa Wilton, mm-hmm. at Lisa Ann Wilton. One of my faves. Spoke some truth to me. And I, I understand this. And I don't like to think that necessarily I have to be old to, uh, to get this. <laughs> but she says, dear certain Calgary venues, if you have four bands on the bill, please start the first band oh. before 1045. Oh my old God. ladies, thank you. <laughs> and I just want to say, here, here, here. Hear, hear from, from a semi-old lady yep. as well. Music should exist between the hours of 8 and 10 o'clock. I don't think there's anything wrong with no, that. No, you can get drunk before you get to the bar. Yes. Before, before 8, yes. if that's the concern. Yes. <laughs> Let the music live free. <laughs> uh, Flemish Eye, our friends at Flemish Eye Absolutely. Records at Flemish Eye, um, have a free download compilation to go with their new I Spy zine. So oh, you can cool. go to Flemish Eye Records and download that cha- tracks by Chad Van Galen, etc. The other guys on the roster. And awesome. Free. Nice. And you're supposed to listen to it while you music blog. Uh-huh. And another one of those just, that's right, I agree with you. Yeah. 8 for a six-inch sub and a bottle of water at Subway. That is just wrong. That's just too much money. <laughs> that is too much and money. I don't know when everyone got the memo that all of a sudden you can't buy a hamburger for under $10 in this town either. Uh, yeah. But 
I just uh, drives me nuts. Yeah, yeah. Tom Babin, mm-hmm. at Tom Babin, brought attention that uh, L.A., Los Angeles, not Lethbridge, Alberta, <laughs> is doing its own version of the Bow River Flow. Oh. And this is one of those instances where Twitter actually made me like click through a link and read a little bit more. And yeah, something yeah. I'd never known about, and it's a concept called Ciclovia. And I guess they've done these in New York, and they started in Spain. Uh-huh. And it is the practice of taking a road and giving it over to pedestrians for a short period of time. Wow. So Bow River Flow naysayers. Yeah. If you, you know, if LA's if doing LA's it. If doing it, if New York's <laughs> doing it, if it's hap- you know, why can't it happen here? Yeah. You know, and people in LA only drive. That's they don't true. Walk it is a driving city, isn't it? Anywhere. Good point. Uh, one of our favorite, I think, followers or people to follow would be Adele Brunhofer. Yes. She always has some funny things to say at Brunhofer. And uh, her response to finding out that the son had supported uh, Nenshi was uh, that her dad's favorite paper adores Nenshi, his least favorite person. <laughs> so she's just going to tell him that she's gay also, just to just throw him off and mess with him a little just bit. Just to me- I love that. <laughs> when I read, because uh, I think you retweeted it. And when I'm like, yeah, her dad would probably flip out if she yeah. found out she was a lesbian. Anyway. So uh, <laughs> one more place where Twitter takes me, maybe not necessarily to, um, it, it tells me right there, but it takes me to down a path and then I learn a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the um, guys who plays with the Avid brothers, Joe Kwan, uh-huh. is the cellist. Mm-hmm. He is a Twitterer um, at JoeKwan8080. And he's also a food blogger. So that. he does, uh, he posts blog pages as you're going on tour. And his website is actually called tasteontour.com. Oh, fun. So I was checking that out because he was mentioning something. And I looked and thought, hmm, I wonder if he said anything while he was in Calgary. And lo and behold, there is a blog entry there. He went to the Silver Dragon and he had the spicy handmade noodles with beef. And there's a beautiful photograph of the food and a <laughs> description of how <laughs> delicious it was. And I think it's great to see musicians who have another thing that they do and Absolutely. You know, create more content while they're on the road he could easily have a a, a, a blog on hair because he has long luscious uh, black hair yes. so yeah yes, I uh, but food blogging I, I'm a fan of uh, the food blogs actually I love seeing pictures of what people are are cooking up in their own homes or or eating late night that's one of my favorites is seeing what uh, people what people put in their in their guts uh, after, after a midnight. after midnight yeah <laughs> scary. style yeah exactly. So, at, so to wrap it up, mm-hmm. because we can't ignore it, I did have to go to the politics for a little bit. So I just wanted to see today on the day of the election, mm-hmm. what our three major mayoralty candidates were saying on Twitter. Uh-huh. So um, Nahid Nenshi had a great post at Nenshi, uh, wondering what happens when a Nenshi sign gets stolen twice? Nenshi supporters get industrious and creative. And then he's got a, uh, a, gra- a link to a photograph of someone who made a crude cardboard sign with a Sharpie that said, you can keep stealing my signs. I'm going to vote for Nenshi. <laughs> That's uh, that, awesome. That was really funny. And I think Nenshi's been great for showing to how to use the Twitter Twitter tools. Absolutely. To his social, social media has worked to his advantage. Absolutely. Now, on the other side of things, mm-hmm. uh, Barb Higgins' Twitter seems to be some sort of robot Barbot yeah, thing. Yeah, generator, Twitter generator. Oh, my God. Just constant, constant, constant posts with no content at yeah, all. Yeah, that's too bad. And pretty much a how, where, when to vote things mm-hmm. on the hour every hour mm-hmm. without much else to say. So I really couldn't find anything super interesting. Yeah. The very last one that I read before we came on was, uh, polling stations open, go Barb. <laughs> 
So there you <laughs> That's what she uh, has So Barb say. doesn't get a very good grade for you for <laughs> yeah. Twitter interaction. Unfortunately, no. Fair enough. Uh, and I think Rick McIver kind of falls in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, he had quite a bit of posts that were yeah. know, kind of just, dr- you know, look at my website. Yeah. Blah, 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 blah. But he also mentioned um, that he was going for a flu shot oh. at the Avenida Bonavista at 930 in the morning. <laughs> and he would hope to see us there. So he is, it, it, he is sort of uh, grasping uh, the nature of Twitter and, and right. sort of its its personal content. Interestingly enough, uh, even though he hasn't sort of grasped the, the social media, I was talking with my brother Joe Burma, who's the news director for CGSWR Campus Community Radio Station here, and he said something that Rick has excelled at and continues to do so is uh, that really uh, tangible, personal, face-to-face uh, interaction. He said that if someone calls his office and leaves a message, Rick McIver calls you back. And uh, and still in this day and age of, of social media, and though uh, you know you can say what you will about Rick McIver's platform, to me that that really speaks volumes about mm-hmm. what he's attempting to achieve, and that is connect with voters. So uh, there's all sorts of different ways, isn't definitely, there? Definitely, definitely. So yeah, that's great to hear. Yeah, I want to wrap it up. Um, Peace Bridge Calgary. Oh, geez. Which has <laughs> Twitter and it's Peace the Bridge. bridge is, the bridge, the is bridge itself is Twittering. Really? Uh, it's Peace Bridge CGY. Uh huh. And uh, the last. <laughs> I, can, I, can't, I can't even wait. I can't They're even pretty wait. funny. Um, just checking. Can the building process of, let's say, a controversial structure be stopped when somebody else becomes the big kahuna? So the Peace Bridge is wondering whether the results of the mayoralty race will have any sort of negative effect on its, um, its existence. Its existence. Yeah. Oh, so awesome. Well, Johanna, as always, such fantastic content. And thanks so much for stopping by. Thank you. And remember, you guys can follow us at Calgary Folk Fest, and we'll follow you, and we'll keep the dialogue going. Cool. Thanks, Johanna. Cheers. Jack and diamonds, you know, friend of mine. To many, Justin Rutledge can be considered the book reader's musician. His last album, Man Descending, is named after a collection of Guy Vanderhaeg short stories. His new album, The Early Widows, was born from a collaboration with one of my all-time favorite authors, Michael Andachi. I asked Justin how we ended up working on uh, each other's projects, and in particular, how it all played out in that most of the songs penned for Andachi's play became part of The Early Widows. Well... Michael approached me about three years ago mm-hmm. and, um, asked if I'd be interested in writing some songs based on a character uh, in, in a play that he was working on. We didn't know each other. He, he saw me perform at the, the Bonway Theatre at the Harbourfront in Toronto. Okay. And, uh, and then just called me about three weeks after and it was pretty, um, yeah, it was, it was just, it was kind of crazy. Yeah. It was, uh, it was, um, yeah, was kind of nuts to say the least I was very flattered and we went out and met and uh, I didn't really know what he wanted at all he just said do you want to meet and I said sure and so he proposed this idea and of course I said I agreed and then you know I, I kind of went home and started writing feverishly and, and realized that you know I was I mean it was good to get some songs kind of out right away because mm-hmm. he gave me the book that he was basing the play on and told me which character and uh, it was uh, it was definitely interesting to write outside of the personal context yeah and 
to write about someone as opposed to, you know, uh, just, I live a pretty boring life, so it's a lot to draw from. You know, I mean, like I said, that was three years ago, so we've been working on the play since then, and and actually, we get together for about two months in uh, 2011, January, February, and we mount the play in late February, mid mid to late February. Cool. Carrie Clark, our artistic director, chats frequently with Justin. They text back and forth every now and then, and she asked me to ask Justin about his acting stint. Turns out Justin was actually a part of the play. Yeah, well, I started off doing the music, and then they needed a male actor, so they actually asked me to act, and they told them I hadn't done it before, and they said, give it a shot, and apparently I didn't get fired. I read that a few tracks are based directly on a character from Andachi's novel, Divisadero. I haven't read the book yet, so I... Don't wanted to t- I didn't want him to give anything away, but I wanted him to tell me generally how the book plays into the album. He asked me to write based on this one character named Cooper. So the whole album is, is kind of about him. Um, it's, diff- it's very much different than his other work. Really? Yeah, yeah. But he's, uh, yeah, I mean, I, and then he, but then, you know, it's funny because he didn't, he only incorporated, I think, two new songs into the play, and then the rest were kind of, he actually incorporated some older songs of mine. Hmm. I was curious as to if the collaboration meant that he would continue to mine the literary world for inspiration. I had assumed that Justin was a bookworm. I don't think I read as I don't read. I think I read as, as uh, any more than the next person. Sure. So uh, it's just another just another avenue that that uh, you know, could possibly I could drive some kind of creativity from. And, sure. You know, I mean, um, it's a. Uh, it's another source of inspiration. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Cool. And it's uh, somewhere that, you know, I can find some different, some alternative sources of, like you say, inspiration or, or uh, you know, wordplay or mm-hmm. all those kinds of things. Hawksley Workman produced The Early Widows. I was curious what it was like working with him. So it was really nice for this, this time around to uh, invite Hawksley Workman yeah. on board. And uh, a lot of people were kind of, weirded out when I mentioned that I was working with him because they didn't really know what to expect you know and I I didn't either but I think that's that's the whole idea exactly exactly so but I've you know Hawksley and I have been wanting to work together for some time oh cool and uh, it just happened I thought this project would be would be ideal for him and uh, so he you know he definitely stepped up to the plate and he, he I had you know, everyone had a thoroughly enjoyable time working together. The bottom line is that we, we communicated well together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There wasn't any, we didn't really butt heads at all. You speak the same language. We do. And I mean, if I'm going to, if I want someone to produce my record, you know, I'm, I'm going to trust them. And, um, you know, we discussed a few things that we, you know, there weren't very many things we disagreed upon, but we met each other halfway and, uh, on those things. But, uh, Aside from that, I mean, you work with a producer because you you respect what they do. Absolutely. You, you are interested in what they could do. You want that outside ear, too, in a way, don't you? Absolutely. Yeah. So some objectivity there is, is always good. So I just, just trusted him, and I, yeah. so I, was, you know, I was just really happy with the outcome. For the recording process, Justin has usually gone for the live-off-the-floor process. I asked him why he was particular to this. No, we've done it for the past three. My first one wasn't. But uh, 
the past three. That's that's really the only way I I can do it. Now. You know, when you play live, I mean, you can't recreate that kind of energy or that kind of communication or that kind of vibe. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. if you're tracking the drums and then tracking the bass. I mean, it's you don't have that. You know, it's like even just in the room section, you don't have that communication between the bass player and the drummer. And yeah, that can really. You know, I mean, and then also the length of time it takes to record a track. I mean, when you do it live, you just lay the tr- lay it down, see how it sounds. Five minutes, and then if you don't like it, do it again. You can change things. Whereas, you know, when you're tracking something, you don't really know what's going to happen. Sure. You can spend three days recording all the necessary information, and then you don't like it, so you got to spend three days doing it again. We're going to play a couple tracks off the album. Here's Justin talking about the song Be a Man. Be a Man actually started off as a much more jingly tune. It was kind of more of a bouncy, had kind of more of a bouncy feel to it. Mm -hmm. And and then over the course of a year, it just evolved into this kind of heavier, drony kind of thing. (laughs) that uh, It just became a little heavier than than I actually anticipated it would. I actually anticipated initially that it was just going to be this bouncy little ditty. Someone said to me, why don't you try it a little straighter? And I just thought it conveyed that some sort of sentiment mm-hmm. across, you know. I just thought it, it worked a little better in terms of the what I really wanted to, to the song to, to mean, I guess. And, mm-hmm. uh, cool. Yeah. I asked him how this track related to the character of Cooper from Andace's Divisadero. Be 
curtain The hurt of a dawn through a curtain Be man about this 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 Be the coward or the kids Justin Rutledge's new album, The Early Widows. I next asked Justin about the song, The Heart of a River. Well, that started off, actually, as writing. Uh, I actually started writing that song for a few friends of mine. And I actually started writing that for a few friends of mine from Ottawa. Hmm. And, uh, you know, because Ottawa's got a whole whack of rivers there. And uh, it's a little set as Calgary, but, but, yeah, and then it just kind of morphed into this... Uh, from this folk song, and then when Huxley got his hands on it, it's a big electric yeah. song. So, uh, and it's just kind of a, you know, it's kind of an ode to uh, country living nice. uh, versus city living. I wondered aloud if he would be the type of person who would move to the country. Um, I, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I'd like to say that I do be one of those people who, who have this pipe dream of moving to the country, you know I mean? I, I don't know if I can do it. In theory, it's nice.
Heart of a River from Justin Rutledge's new album, The Early Widows. Lastly, I want to ask about the song Mrs. Montgomery and the character that must have inspired the song. Well, I mean, the character herself isn't really present in the song. I mean, this, uh, you know, the, the narrator, or the persona singing it is kind of on his last legs. And, uh, you know, whether he's the man standing on the bridge or whether it's someone else, um, but uh, I think, you know, these are some of his, his uh, final wishes. Um, you know, whether Mrs. Montgomery is his you know, grade three teacher or the woman who worked at the local post office or his, you know, neighbor. Um, isn't really known. I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't really define her character mm-hmm. that well, but uh, she's one of the, the things that he wishes, that he wants to, uh, he wants someone to say goodbye to. Right. Goodbye to for him. Oh, cool. On his behalf, so. Um, she's not really, doesn't play a role in the song. She's just this, this um, she's just, uh, she's, yeah, she's kind of someone in the, in his, in his past. Cool. Oh, road to 
Justin Rutledge with Mrs. Montgomery. Thanks, Justin, for taking the time to chat with me. You can check him out online on his website or at Six Shooter Records. Even better, you can come see him in person at the Gateway Thursday, October 21st with Jen Grant. It's time now for Submission of the Week. Any views or opinions presented in this segment are solely those of the author and do not necessarily represent those of the Calgary Folk Music Festival. This segment does not in any way represent a successful applicant for the festival performance. Rather, this segment is solely for the purpose of sharing music and entertainment. So don't get your hopes up, weirdos. Here at the Folk Festival, we receive hundreds, if not thousands, of submissions to play our festival each year. It's my job as artistic associate to go through all the submissions that are sent to our our artistic director and respond respectfully with thank you. We try very hard to listen to all of them, and as you can imagine, we come across some gems, some jewels, and some downright bizarre and strange submissions. We aim to program a very high-quality and diverse music festival, and hence, our artistic director begins each year with a priority list that far exceeds the number of artists we can realistically program. We also have the problem that we keep on discovering even more wonderful music by keeping our ears and eyes open. Our challenge and privilege is narrowing down a huge amount of music to roughly 67 spots. This week's winner comes to us by way of Monterey International Agency. Anais Mitchell is a wonderful Vermont-raised singer-songwriter who has just released her fifth studio album, Town, a folk opera based on the Orpheus myth and set in a post-apocalyptic depression era right up my alley. It's absolutely stunning and features the likes of Ani DeFranco, Greg Brown, Justin Vernon, the Hayden Triplets, and Ben Knox Miller of the Low Anthem. It's released on Ani DeFranco's Righteous Babe Records. Uh, and I wanted to know more about Anais, so I went to her website, www.anaismitchell.com. And I'll admit, after reading more about her, I became very intrigued. Make sure to check her out. Anyone who has the balls to include a definition of folk on their website is cool by me. And of course, it was in relation to her definition of her folk opera. Opera is a noun, a dramatic work in one or more acts set to music for singers and instrumentalists. Folk, an adjective of or relating to the traditional art or culture of a community or nation, or relating to or originating from the beliefs and opinions of ordinary people. And lastly, of or relating to folk music. So here is Anais Mitchell from her album Town and the track When the Chips Are Down, featuring the Hayden triplets. When 
us Ain't nobody but yourself to trust What you gonna do when the chips are down Now that the chips are down What you gonna do when the chips are down Now that the chips are down Aim for the heart Shoot to kill If you don't do it then the other one will What you gonna do when the chips are down Now that the chips are down What you gonna do when the chips are down Now that the chips are down And the Shall be first, and the last shall be last. Cast your eyes to heaven. You get a knife in the back. Nobody's righteous, nobody's proud, nobody's innocent. Now that the chips are down, now that the 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 chips are down. That was Anais Mitchell with When the Chips Are Down, featuring the Hayden triplets from her album Town, our Calgary Folk Fest submission of the week. That's it for me. Thanks so much for listening to our Calgary Folk Music Festival podcast. You can find us online and on iTunes. See you next time. Justin Rutledge will take us out with one last track from his album on the Early Widows. Here's All Around the World.
these bodies too swift. I think of you often in a dress set gently adrift. I've been all around this world Hang me, oh you hang me Like curtains in front of a storm a highway of ribbons Like a love I should never have worn This is our home This house is where you were born I've been all around this world I've been